guys, it's Renee from Throwing Down with Renee and Misha. On this podcast, we have on UFC Hall of Famer commentator, The Count, Michael Bisping. We talk about his documentary, Bisping. We talk Taylor versus Serrano and a little UFC Vegas 53. Here's Bisping. Back here, joined by UFC Hall of Famer, current commentator, Michael Bisping. Hi. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hello to you both. How are you? Thanks for having me. Misha, how are you? Renee, yeah. how are you? Good to long see you. Long no talk. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's been so long, Misha. I feel like we haven't seen each other in a week. Yeah, it's a bit, a bit been, been hardly. We did um, tell, tell them, tell them what we did. You'll say it better than me. Yeah, so no, I've, uh, I'm doing this podcast for Audible. Uh, it's called My Fight. So uh, Misha kindly joined us for an episode talking about her fight against Holly Holm when she became the champion. So uh, yep. yeah, I'm not sure that My- that'll drop. I don't know sometime later this year. So keep an eye out for that one, My mm. Fight. But still, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about you guys, I think. Or this is your show. What am I doing? Yeah. Why am I taking over? <laughs> you you <laughs> just, let, 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 just let us guide you. Hold your horses. Hang on. So Michael texted me the other day, the other week, and he was like, "Hey, will you come on? Where I'm doing this thing. I know." I'm want to talk about you know your biggest fight and i was like mike my biggest fight today is yet to come i was like oh, so if we do we need to hold off on this interview or like what are we doing here but no we talked about the past but uh yeah maybe we'll have to do it again after all is said and done Absolutely. the biggest fight that has happened yeah you know what i mean we, we don't deal in hypotheticals misha you know what <laughs> i mean of course of course you're going for that title again and i can't wait for it to happen and we will talk about it when it does come but you know, well, I'll tell you what I want to talk about right now is right before we start or before we hopped on here, uh, Michael jumped on the on the call here. And I'm, I was telling him, like, I was watching his documentary this morning, 7 a.m., watching your documentary, Coffee with My Daughter. Wait and it like really it. put me in a mood. But OK, yes, a little <laughs> bit of a last minute. But I got in. I watched the whole thing. I was fully enthralled, totally encapsulated mm. by your documentary, Bisping. Highly recommend people to watch it. There's just something so great about a sports documentary, about, you know, a guy achieving his dream really put me in a mood. I I ran three miles. I went for a walk. I got a lot of shit done. Motivational. I don't know if you've, I don't know what kind of feedback you've gotten about this, Michael, but it's really was a cool deep dive into your story, your life. I learned a lot about you. I feel like we're best friends now. Yeah. And um, really, no, like really motivated me too. Cause I was like, damn, you know, I was like, that's the kind of story. Like that's already kind of like the precursor. I feel like of my, my story, my existence is like so many people just don't think, you know, you can, you will. And it's like, nobody fucking knows what I'm capable of. But I think that was one of the same, th- the, mm-hmm. one of my favorite things that you said in that documentary it was like nobody knows like what i'm capable of like don't also you know, just doubt like me all you ab- want in an abundance of cursing which i always find very charming <laughs> especially in a british accent yeah it's the best pretty much everything yeah, you yeah. say I'm just not sounds sure cool. espn feel like that but uh yeah thank you very much thank you very much you know the didn't you say you had, had to take some of the cursing out Oh, uh, we had to take a lot of it out. We had to take a lot of it out. <laughs> that was the edited down part? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sorry it wasn't more edited because it was almost two hours long, so I apologize because that's a lot of this being to sit through. But uh, See, I, I feel like story. you just feel that way because it's you. It did not feel long to me watching it. I think you're just it, saying that because it was you. It felt long to me. Let me tell you, because we had a premiere in Manchester and it was a you know big movie theater packed out, and I felt... 
so awkward sitting in there for almost two hours. I was cringing. My entire body was so tense. I don't know if you've ever sat in a movie theater with a bunch of people watching a movie about you and you're talking about <laughs> stuff and you're like, you're like, I forgot I said that. Oh my God. And I'm talking about my childhood and my dad's like three seats up from me. I'm talking about how we used to beat the crap out of us and this and that and saw a lot of violence. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, dad. Sorry, I'm not trying to throw us under a bus here. But yeah, I was very, very happy to get out of that cinema did you you have a stern talking to from your dad afterwards anytime i breathe my mother's name on a broadcast she's like how could you what was your conversation like with your family after (laughs) yeah well no my dad was that was all right yeah because i I texted him afterwards i said um i hope you didn't mind anything that was on there you know and he said no it's all right oh it's all true it's all true you know so we, we, we did, you know, when we were younger, it's nothing unique for fighters, but it wasn't the best situation. But uh, yeah, no, no, my dad was, he was very matter of fact. He's like, yeah, no, you, you never lied. You never lied. So but you also yeah. said in it that, you know, you did paint him in a nice light saying that he was your, you know, he's your hero that, you know, how much oh, you admire your dad and everything yeah. that he's done. So as much as, you know, you do, everyone deals with, we all deal with some bullshit, uh, but, yeah. you know, still being able to admire people for, for the hard work they've done, which now hearing your kids say that about you, how did you feel when you heard uh, your kids and their like testimony about you? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, anytime I see my children or my wife or anyone like that say nice things about me, it makes me cry. I can hear anything, <laughs> I, I, you know, and it doesn't bother me at all. As soon as my wife or my kids cheer up, I turn into the biggest baby ever and I start crying my eyes out. But, you know, the beautiful thing is the feedback that I've had, so many people have come up to me saying, oh, I was crying my eyes out and things like that. I was like, all right, well, that's amazing. Thank you so much. I never thought I'd get that response. But uh, yeah, it's actually been a really big success. Universal Studios uh, sent me an email last week. It's one of the biggest ever documentary releases of all time. So it's wow. uh, yeah, it's had a, been a great success. Yeah, so yeah. thank you. I love and it. Vin I Diesel love out there. there. Yeah. Well, speaking of great successes, that's actually a perfect segue because I have got to ask you about the boxing event that happened this weekend, the one that sold out MSG, you know, Serrano Taylor. You may or may not have heard about it. And uh, (laughs) of course, I got to get your thoughts on Jake Paul as a promoter. I know you guys have had your little bit of back and forth and this and that. We can get into that. But (laughs) let's let's talk about the fight that's already happened um, and what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, I never actually saw the fight, but I saw the highlights. Uh, Obviously, I was commentating Saturday night, so got to do two things at once. And when you know the results, you don't really want to sit through 12 rounds of boxing. So I watched the highlights, and it looked like an absolutely incredible fight. You know, and by all accounts, one of the greatest fights in recent history. So congratulations to both ladies. I know it was a a history-making event in many, many ways uh, in terms of purses, in terms of attendance for an all, you know, a female uh, main event. So, yeah, no, it's absolutely fantastic well done katie taylor um jake paul come on come on the guys okay wait before we get into the jake paul (laughs) shit talking though how do you there's no shit talking the the guys the guy's an absolute he's an idiot but go on sorry (laughs) how do you feel about him as a promoter and for what he's been able to do for women's boxing uh, well, he hasn't been able to do anything for women's boxing. Let's not start putting him on a pedestal and saying <laughs> that Jake Paul is the result for, for that on Saturday night. 
you know what I mean? The real promoter involved there is a guy called Eddie Hearn. Oh. He's the guy that's making it all happen. All Jake Paul was doing was tagging along for the ride and looking like an absolute idiot anytime he opened his mouth. I don't know if you saw some of the stuff that was said. It was hilarious. Eddie Hearn saying to his face, you'll never be a world-class boxer. Then there was a Q&A on stage and someone from the crowd said, hey, Jake Paul, do you have imposter syndrome? You know, And it was clearly an old guy from the way that from the voice that was asking it and then Eddie Hearn's like oh that could be your next opponent to be fair so I just got a lot of enjoyment out of Eddie Hearn treating him like the absolute joke that he is God bless him good for him but he is not spearheading this charge for more money for fighters and all the rest of it that's his little way of like uh, saying or trying to make out that he's on the side of the fighters look at the undercard of his fights you know if he wants to, if he wants to provide such a great platform just continue promoting fights that's all you gotta do you ain't gonna talk shit about Dana and the UFC, just put on fights and pay them very, very well. Or shut the fuck up. Or go fight a boxer. How about that? Go and fight an actual boxer. He's calling out me. I'm 43. I've got one eye. I've got no knees. I need neck surgery. I've been retired since 2017. If he does not see what a joke that makes him that I'm the guy that he's calling out by the Why did he call you out? Like, how did that happen? Because he's a little bitch. Simple as that. Do you know what I mean? He's looking four easy paydays and he's barking up the wrong tree because I'll knock him out in a round. Simple as that. He's, he, he tweeted recently, any, he said, oh, any if interest- this thing's about that life, I'm like, about that life? If I'm about that, I have been about that life for 20 fucking years and I'm still trying to be about, I'm, tr- I'm trying to not be about that life. It's a struggle every single day. I don't know if you saw it, he's going, I have a problem. When I see, if someone talks shit, I have to fuck them up. That's what he was saying. I'm like, bro, stop trying to hard. Please, you're a joke. He fought a basketballer and he's fought a couple of wrestlers and a YouTuber. Fight a goddamn boxer. Please. That's all you got to do. Until then, shut up. Do you have any interest? Sounds like you're picking a fight here, but no, any interest in. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just just highlighting what a fool he is. Listen, no disrespect for Tyron Woodley, but you know. That train left the station a long time ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ben Askren, he was a good wrestler. He can't box to save his life. And before that, he was a basketballer. You're in your prime. You're a young man. He's doing well. He's making money. God bless him. That's what we all want to do. But if you're going to call yourself a boxer, how about you box an actual boxer? That's all I'm saying. You know what I mean? I mean, you bring up some strong points. <laughs> I bring up points that are irrefutable. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Lindsay Rhodes, and with the NFL playoffs underway, what better time than now to check out my podcast, The NFL Road Show. We're going to break down the biggest games, key players, every angle in between with guests that go past the low-hanging fruit and get to what you really need to know. We'll have new episodes every Monday and Thursday all the way through Super Bowl 56 in my hometown of Los Angeles. So please subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app included with most subscriptions. Uh, okay, then let's switch gears here and talk UFC Vegas 53. You were on the call for that. Um, what what was your big takeaway from that night? Uh, Cheeto Vera is going to be a champion one day. Simple as that. I mean, that man is unbelievable. I mean, Rob Font, don't get me wrong, connected with many, many shots. But it's crazy. Cheeto, number one, didn't have a mark on him hardly at the end of the fight after absorbing so many strikes. Never looked hurt. Never looked in danger. Took his time a little bit, you know what I mean? I feel like he could have stepped on the gas a little bit more and maybe taken him out of there a couple of occasions on a couple of occasions. But um, yeah, an incredible performance. Rob Font is tough as hell. I've got so much respect yeah. for both guys. But Cheeto, man, yeah, yeah, unbelievable. So happy for him. 
what do you what would you like to see next for for Chido Vera? Where does he go from here? Yeah, I saw him calling out Dominic Cruz on Twitter. That'd be good because he said okay. on Twitter he put, um, "I know you don't fight. Sorry, I know you don't like fighting guys that are below you." He said, "Well, now I'm ranked number five. I'm above you." So how about we make that fight? That'd be a fun one. And I like the way he worded it. He's calling for a rematch with Jose Aldo as well. That'd be good. Um, yeah, because realistically, he's not going to get a title fight just yet. You know, I think he needs one more good one. So yeah. uh, any of them, any of them. Yeah, I like that. I like yeah, it. He's definitely like inserted himself in the conversation as like a, a near next contender. I mean, I think another win, right? Where, t- where he's putting yeah. himself in that title, that, that title picture. Um how about for Sir Rob Font? Because that man, I feel like he deserves his flowers too. It was a hell of a fight. He definitely had some great moments. I mean, he handedly won some some of the rounds, landed a ton of significant strikes. Um, I kind of like him and maybe uh, Frankie Edgar. What are you thinking? That's not bad. That's not bad. I mean, listen, yeah, Rob Font definitely deserves a lot of credit, praise, yeah. respect, whatever word you want to use. You know, it takes two to tango. That was an incredible fight partly because of Rob Font as well. He just never got the victory, but it was a very yeah. exciting fight. Uh, and he's still right there. He's still very, very good. You know, he should stay the course, stay focused, stay determined, still believe in himself. You know, I mean, look at my road, look at your road. You know, that that's the way it goes. You know, it wasn't yeah. his night Saturday night. Doesn't mean he's washed up. Doesn't mean he's a bum. Doesn't mean he's got no future. Uh, without seeing the rankings right front, in front of me, which I feel like you're doing right now, Misha. I see you tip-tapping away on something. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, no. yeah, we'll, we'll We'll I was looking with, up. We'll, uh, go, no, tell me what you were going to say. I was going to say we'll go with Frankie, although I think that's a bit out of order on old Frankie, isn't it? Come on, let's leave Frankie well, alone. Poor old I Frankie. Know, but he's been knocked out enough recently. I love Frankie. He's a legend. You know, what I mean? yeah. let's give him a, someone yeah, else. Yeah, but like, you, know, you know, but I think, but I think that Rob Font is. You know, he has some 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 places where he has the holes, you know, that maybe that 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 Cheeto Vera doesn't in the sense like a different style. I know. I know what you're saying. I have a soft spot for for Frankie, too. And I, I you know, you don't want to see him go out, but they're both on two fight losing streaks. They're both around that same ranking area. It's a different stylistic matchup. Um, you kind of see who does, you know, does the old, does the old dog make a resurgence here or does the does, you know, does Rob Font kind of kind of make his his reentry back into the division off of, you know, the veterans name. So, yeah, yeah. And and, and you bring up solid points, Misha. The only the only issue is a strong word. It's not an issue. If you were to make that matchup would be that. You know, Rob's still chasing the title. Rob, uh, Frankie's had the belt before, you know, and I don't think, I mean, listen, Frankie's a competitor and he'll always try, but I don't think even he probably sees being the champ again in the future. I think he probably wants some good, high-profile matchups, stack up Mm -hmm. some dollars, you know, keep that bank account nice and healthy and then retire sometime and end up in the Hall of Fame and do other great things. Whereas Rob Font, on the other hand, is still chasing, trying to become a champion one day. I just feel they're on two different paths, although they are similar in rankings. And I'm sure if Frankie heard me say that, he'd say, what do you know, Bisping? Shut your mouth. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, didn't you watch because your own documentary? of course we all want to be champion one day. <laughs> didn't you course. watch your own documentary? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he's been the champion. He's been yeah, there, that's he's done true. it. That's true. And now he's been yeah. getting knocked out. I know, I know. It's it's tough to see. What about Joe Anderson Brito um, getting that that knockout? I mean, there wasn't a whole lot to tell from that fight, but I mean, Andre Philly, no no slouch whatsoever. It's forty always, seconds, holy forty second. Yeah, I mean, it's not a huge takeaway, but it certainly made up for his his you know his first his first fight was a little not the way mm. that he wanted to go, you know. But he comes in and looks really good in that. What would you make of that fight? 
What do you think of it? Oh, no, I mean, listen, the, the, the Brito is certainly one to watch. The, the main takeaway from that is I felt so sorry for Andre Feely. And that's not the right word because no fighter wants mm. sympathy from somebody else. But Andre Feely is a class act. He's a great guy. He's an awesome fighter. He's got great skills. Last time out against Daniel Pineda, I think it was an eye poke and the fight mm. ended. Then he had a period. He was telling us in the fighter meetings, you know, he suffers from OCD and that was kind of crippling him in many ways. So he made a lot of strides in that department you know uh at one point he was out of contract he was let in bed he was like what am i doing with my life you know i've got no contract i've got no fight lined up he was feeling like a loser and then gets a new contract comes in trains hard and then gets caught by a massive shot just 40 seconds into the fight of course this is the fight game that's how it can go sometimes but i still believe andre feely's got a very very bright future and yeah that joe anderson brito I don't think many people know his name on here that we're talking about, but keep an eye out for that name because, yeah, he's, he's explosive. Yeah, it was certainly, a, yeah, it was, it was a fun fight to watch, no doubt. Um, moving things back over to your documentary here really quickly, um, what, what were like... What's what's your status of your relationship with Luke Rockhold now? I saw you post on your Instagram. You guys are best you friends. Best what's friends going on? Now? <laughs> what's going on over yes. there? Yeah, yeah, yes. Well, well. First of all, that was Jason Perillo. So the uh, documentary team was down at the gym uh, filming Perillo, and and Rockhold was knocking about. And he said, "Hey, do you think? Yeah. Do you think?" Do you think? So Perillo <laughs> made that happen. So well done. I'm well done to Luke for being a good sport and saying yes because I was surprised. I'm not sure I'd have done the same. Uh, but <laughs> let me see. So Saturday night. Yeah, listen. Even Dana texts me. Saturday night, I was driving home after the fights, and Dana even texts me because Rockhold was messing with me. I didn't know. He was sneaking up behind me, and he was putting his hand here over my eye and getting his buddy to take pictures, and I had no idea. Do you know what I mean? He's putting that on social media. You know, he's having a laugh and thinking it's funny, but joke. Uh, sorry, Luke, the joke's on you. That's just highlighting that I knocked you out with one eye. Do you know what I mean? It's all, the joke's on you. But Dana saw it, and, he, and fair play to Dana. Dana sent it to me and said, are you guys cool now? I said, yeah, yeah, it's all water under the bridge. You know, it's uh, we were rivals. We were rivals. I always said, because Daniel Cormier is a great guy. I got a lot of respect for him, and I know that them two are very, very close. And I was like, well, if, if Daniel Cormier thinks he's a good guy and they're friends, I'm sure if we met under different circumstances, we'd get along. However, yeah. the circumstances we did meet under... We were both 185ers. We're both fighters. We both want the same thing. So obviously that makes us rivals. Yeah. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Uh, you've but got to live like one hell of a life. I mean, looking at, you know, from where you started to what you've been able to accomplish, moving to the commentary world, doing all these movies. Is there something that you've not done that you wish that you could have done or something that you feel like you could have excelled in as well? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Because I always, when I was younger, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had no idea. That's why I was kind of lost. But yeah, life has been very good, very rewarding. I found myself being involved and in doing things that I never dreamed of in a million years, to be honest. Uh, so yeah, no, I do live a good life. Life's great. Can't complain. Got a beautiful wife, great children. They're doing well. And uh, business-wise, things are good. Uh, something that I've never done that I want to do. I don't know. There's lots what, of things. What, what Come on, be let's be honest. If you weren't a fighter, like what? What would you have another like craft or passion or anything? I don't know. I mean, I used to. I put all my. When I was a kid, I uh, was obsessed with martial arts and I did well. But then I discovered music and DJing and nightclubs. So I thought I was going to be oh, a big yeah, time yeah, nightclub DJ. So I was doing that for a while, and then I realized, hold on a minute, what am I doing? I'm never going to make mm -hmm. any real money here. So then I went back 
to into the fighting route, as you probably saw in the documentary. But uh, what would I be doing if I didn't discover fighting? I don't know. There's no, where I'm from, people don't do much. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. It's a beautiful part of England. You know, nice people. But there's not a lot of opportunity. People work the dead-end jobs. And then they spend all weekends in the pubs getting drunk. Doesn't sound bad, actually. Sounds okay. <laughs> it wanted, doesn't sound bad. I, yeah. I just wanted more out of life. You know what I mean? There's nothing Certainly. wrong with a nice, simple life. You know, there's nothing wrong with that at all. What, what, well, what, in your documentary, though, what, what is the one thing that you hope people take away from it? Um, well, number one, that it's never too late to turn things around because my life was going nowhere. As you saw, I was, you know, I ended up in prison and I was always getting in trouble with the law and stuff. I was never a criminal, though. I was just always getting in fights. I was young. Legal age of alcohol in England is 18. You got no business drinking alcohol heavily at 18 years old. You don't know mm-hmm. what you're doing. You can't handle it. And when you're a certain type of guy and you've got a chip on your shoulder and you, you know what I mean, you're going to end up in trouble. Simple as that. Uh, but I always tell my children all the time, dream big, you know, I, you know, because people always try and hold you down. If you say you've got a dream, this, they laugh at you, they scoff at you, you know. I, I said I was going to be a fighter and people did the same thing, you know. And I know for a fact that when I quit work and started training to become a cage fighter, because that's what people called it back then, I know people were talking shit about me behind my back saying, what's he doing? They're already broke and he's quitting work to become a, a fighter, you know. So, yeah, chase your dreams, believe in yourself, dream big. Let's... Let's talk about your wife for a quick second, because in the documentary, I mean, I think very close to the beginning of it, you say you wouldn't be where you are without your wife. How yeah. instrumental has she been? Like, what does that mean to you if she were not there? Like, how has she helped you so much throughout your life and your career? I, I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for her. I remember because she just always supported me from day one you know, blind support almost, you know, because when when I first found out about there was something called the UFC, I got a phone call one night and she knew right then and there, she said this, she said afterwards, I knew when you got that phone call, this was when things were going to change, you know, and I always credit, give her a lot of credit because, you know, yeah, on, on, on the surface, it looks like I was the one making the sacrifices, but I wasn't, I was doing something exciting. I was doing something you know, fun. I was moving away to another city and training. Yeah, I was sleeping in my car and stuff like that. But so what? Every day was something new for me. She was the one that was stuck at home with the children with no money, still trying to hold down a house and give the children, you know, a stable home life, you know? So she brought hard her job. dreams on hold to support hard mine. Job. Yeah, no, yeah. it is a hard job, you know? Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, she always believed in me. She, I have a stable home life to come home to. You know, like for fighters, I see it sometimes. No offense, you know, guys can be dicks, women can be crazy. And if you've got a toxic relationship, you know what I mean? That's going to spill over and affect your performance, what, yeah. wh- whatever it is. Ding, you know what ding, I mean? Whether, it, whether it's fighting or yeah. any kind of athletic endeavor, business. If you've got a crazy, rocky relationship back home, I see it with fighters all the time. You know, they're arguing, their home life is a mess. They're drinking too much. They're, they're, they're emotional. But with her, she's the opposite. She was always, you know... And gorgeous, might I say. She's beautiful. What a babe. And, um, Holy, look at her. And, okay, uh, you know what? We, we got to get out of here shortly, but uh, do something nice for her on Mother's Day. Do you have anything planned? Yes. Are you going to spill the beans a little bit at all? Breakfast in bed? Or do you guys not celebrate it? We, do, we don't even really celebrate Mother's Day in the UK is a well, different make day, it, isn't it? Celebrate it, damn it. She's the kind of woman well, that they... deserves an American Mother's Day. Yes. Celebrate hey, let, me, let me tell you this. 
Every day is Mother's Day in oh, this stop house. It. That's I'm the biggest cop out answer. No, it's not. No, it's a don't. We're, we're doing do's right? and don'ts for Mother's Day later. Michael Bisping was the first don't. Riding a horse <laughs> with her daughter. They're, they're, they're riding horses right now, loading them Breakfast in bed. <laughs> All right, I did yell that we got to get out of here, Bisping. Thank you for joining. Send chocolates, teddy bears, shopping. Michael Bisping has to go. So do we. Every day is Mother's Day. Throwing Down with Renee and Misha is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The show is produced by Michael Russo and Kelly Murphy. Sound designed by Nari Balin. Special thanks to Sirius XM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and Sirius XM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. Sirius XM Podcasts.